today on Lawyers Rising. People that surround themselves with other people that have access to good information will do well and they thrive and they find opportunities you know, where other people are finding obstacles. Why you should never allow others to limit your access to information. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Harrison, good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about how you should broaden your search and acquire as much information as possible when attempting to find a position in the legal industry. Maybe we should start, though, in a more broad context, talking about information, information management. It's strange. We live in very strange times. We have more access to information than really any other time in history, but that information is often tightly controlled in silos. Can you kind of set that out for us a little bit about how information is increasingly controlled and how it's becoming more and more difficult to access all the right information? Yeah, well, I mean, the idea is, I mean, that there's there's all sorts of people out there that will stand between you and um, accessing, uh, you know, information and, uh, you know, and and the, 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 the information will be filtered through them. And it's something that you'll see kind of in, in your daily life and, and kind of all over. And, I, and I'll tell you a quick story. It's just, it's funny. It's just from this morning, um, you know, as we're getting ready to talk about this, I, uh, um, you know, ha- I was putting, I, I like doing hot yoga and I haven't had the ability to do it because uh, there's been this pandemic. So I haven't been able to go out. And, um, and so I bought, I, I did some research online and found a company that um, said it sold yo- yoga heaters for hot, hot yoga rooms. And then I noticed when all the stuff arrived that it was, it was basically the thermostat was, was, was shipped from a different company and then the heater was actually shipped from a different company. And, um, and so I realized that all these people had done was set up a website saying that all they did was specialized in hot yoga heaters and then sold other people's stuff. And uh, so then I called the company that had sold me the, that where the yoga heater had come from and, uh, and, and they wouldn't answer any questions. They wouldn't tell me what kind of heater they sold me that, you know, they wouldn't, they wanted to know, you know, how I, you know, if I was referred by another company and they just had kind of all these questions and they were standing between uh, me and accessing the information. Well, to make a long story short, when I finally found out, what kind of heater it was, um, I realized that I bought for, you know, $800 a, a heater that I could buy online for $130. But all these people were standing between me and, you know, like the, the you know, the yoga people were acting like, you know, they, they knew the heater and this was the heater to get and I could only get it through them. And then they actually weren't even selling it. Someone else was selling it. And then when the, someone else was trying to make sure that I wasn't one of these other people's customers. The whole thing was just crazy. But it's like that with information. Like people will protect information about prices, about, you know, and, you know, about jobs, about all sorts of things. And it can hurt us, you know, and and the the harm for me buying a yoga heater is pretty harmless. But, um, you know, and I was calling because it really wasn't what it wasn't working. Uh, but I had a packing slip from a different company than the one I bought it from. So I thought that was odd. So I just decided to call them directly. 
You know, it's a useful analogy for information because, uh, as I mentioned, things are increasingly closed in silos in these sort of walled gardens of information that you have to pay to get access to. And even when you get access to it, where the information came from in the first place is often hard to track down. And this is applicable, I think, to your business, BCG Attorney Search, which is all about providing information to people that are looking for jobs. And, you know, over the last 20 years, you've been building up this massive database of legal firms in the country. You have, you know, over 100 employees that are constantly trying to find information about the current state of the market in, you know, dozens of markets across the United States. Can you talk about, I guess, your uh, theory of information, as it were, as it relates to this business and, and the, the kind of product that you're trying to offer, I guess, as especially in, in contrast to the other kinds of legal recruiting and, and legal job sites out there? Well, I mean, my goal is to, you know, the help people find information about, uh, you know, the the positions that are out there and, uh, you know, in, in the markets and the firms that are hiring and where the opportunities are. Because, you know, when somebody's looking for a job, you know, first of all, finding a job can be a challenge for some people. But, you know, finding the right job or being unemployed or uh, underemployed or employed in a position where you're unhappy. And, you know, because the thing is, I mean, a, a job is, is sort of like, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's where you spend most of your day. And so, you know, if people are unhappy in their jobs, it can really have a, a major, you know, impact on how happy they are in their lives. And, you know, so it makes, it makes a major difference. And so finding the right uh, employer uh, is huge. You know, if you if you wind up in a, you know, in a firm where there's a lot of opportunity, you can have a lot of opportunity. If you wind up in a firm where there are, um, you know, uh, you know, where you're happy and you like the people, you can you'll be happy. So it's just, you know, but you have to have access to that information. And a lot of times, the match, the the, the person that's a perfect match for you, or the the firm that's a perfect match for you, is not going to be easy to find. I mean, you're going to need to you know, look at a lot of different places. And somebody is going to sometimes see something in you um, that, uh, you know, that means something that they value that other people may not. So trying to access all the information that's out there about the current state of the legal market can be something of a daunting task, isn't it? I mean, I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards just going to one job site. They just have one site that they like to go to, um, or perhaps they use one recruiting firm, for example. This is a mistake in your view, right? Can you explain why? Well, the first thing is, is with job sites, job sites typically are only, uh, I mean, law crossing is a job consolidator, but Really, every job site out there, whether it's Indeed or, or you know, whatever, or, or LinkedIn or whatever the job site is, is, you know, only showing jobs that the employers are paying to post. And so, you know, because employers are paying to post jobs on there, the only jobs you're seeing are the ones that employers are willing to, you know, put down a lot of money and, uh, and post on there. And, you know, it can be, you know, hundreds of dollars uh, to post a job on a site. So because of that expense, most... Uh, you know, job sites really aren't, um, you know, showing you, they're only showing you a very small slice of the, the market out there. That's, that's kind of the first thing. And, and uh, you know, they can't possibly show all the jobs because they're only showing the jobs that people are paying to post. And, you know, in the example of law firms, I mean, a, a significant portion of law firms are posting their openings on their websites. Um, but a lot of times, you uh, you know, they're not even doing that. They're just, they just kind of have openings and they're, you know, hoping that people come through the door 
to find them. Uh, and with recruiters, uh, you know, what recruiters do is recruiters will typically, uh, you know, only work for a few firms, uh, you know, and so they're only recruiting for a few firms. And because they're only recruiting for a few firms, if you go to that recruiting firm looking for a job, the only jobs you're going to see are the ones that they have. And then you may reach the conclusion that, you know, if they don't have anything for you, that, you know, you're out of luck. And so people reach that conclusion when they use job sites and they reach that conclusion when they use recruiters. And so there's all sorts of problems, uh, you know, for recruiters and job sites in terms of how they operate. And, um, and you know, and, and the other thing is I think a lot of people, you know, when they use recruiters and job sites, they make the mistake of assuming that all the jobs that are out there are in these job sites or all the jobs that are out there recruiters have. And, you know, in reality, the, you know, those two sources, I mean, are really controlling a, a very small percentage of the actual openings out there. Yeah, I'd like to emphasize that point a little bit because, as you say, people will go onto these job sites, do a search in the particular city, the particular um, uh, part of the law that they want to practice in and not see what they want and assume that there's nothing else out there. That's kind of absurd on its face, and I want you to explain to people why that is. And it's simply because there's there's just so many firms in the country, right? There's tens of thousands of firms in, in Los Angeles alone, for example. So can you talk a little bit about the fact that if, you, if you're not finding something at one place, that doesn't mean there's no jobs. It just means there's no jobs at that one place that you're looking. Right. Or, you know, you may not be reaching the right people. So, you know, a law firm's huge. I mean, a law firm will have different practice areas. It will have you know, different people and, you know, doing different types of jobs. And so, you know, the ability to, you know, find jobs in, in a law firm is really going to be uh, dependent on your ability to, um, you know, reach the right people sometimes. So, you know, you may be a bankruptcy attorney and a, and a firm may be getting ready to hire a bunch of bankruptcy attorneys and you may send an application to a firm. Well, you're not sending it necessarily to the bankruptcy attorneys in the firm. You're just sending it to HR or somebody and uh, you know, and they may not even know what's going on with the bankruptcy department. So, you know, it's just even in firms, uh, even if you contact firms, a lot of times, you know, you're not going to have access to perfect information. So it's just, it's important to understand that everything is very dynamic. And, you know, there's lots of positions out there, but a lot of times you just may miss them. You mentioned earlier that job sites control the flow of information to you. That's why they're in business. They take uh, fees from potential employers, um, and that's what they have. So too with recruiters, right? Um, legal recruiters also try to control the flow of information to you because that's their business model. Um, can you explain that a little bit in more detail about uh, how that happens and, and, and why you don't want to necessarily fall into that trap? Well, so, you know, job sites are, like you said, are businesses. And so the only jobs you're seeing on job sites are the ones that employers are paying to post. And then recruiters are also businesses. And so the only jobs that, you know, recruiters are showing you are the ones that they're, they're clients of their clients. <clears throat> so that means, you know, that if a recruiting firm is small and it's just a few recruiters, they may not have a lot of clients or, you know, or, or, or whatever, or they may just choose to only work with certain types of firms. Like it's very common for recruiting firms only to work with large law firms and not smaller firms. So, you know, so you may only see larger firms and larger firms tend to be harder to get into. They tend to, you know, be more risk averse and, and all sorts of things. So, you know, you're not necessarily always getting an accurate picture of the market when you go see a recruiter. And I wonder if we could make a larger point about how people deal with information. It's often said we're living in the information age and 
I find that people are just very bad at finding information or, or kind of delineating between what is good and bad information out there. This is coming to particularly sharp relief in current weeks as there's so much bad information out there about what's going on. Um, people tend to want to gravitate towards one source and just listen to that rather than what they should be doing is finding as much information as possible from as wide a variety of sources as possible, and then coming to conclusions about what is and is not the case. Um, why do you think we're so bad at this? And is it, are we just not being taught correctly about how to distill good information? Well, a lot of the information you get is going to be based on the quality and the type of people um, you know that you spend your time with. And one thing that I've noticed is very successful business people and entrepreneurs a lot of times are just you know, regardless of the market and stuff, they're always just kind of very enthusiastic about what the opportunities are. And, and, and it's that sort of level of optimism that makes them good at what they do. But another thing in terms of, um, you know, like you said about information is, you know, there's, um, like you said, good sources and bad sources of information. And so, you know, a, um, you know, if you spend time with people that are, are you know, not doing well or failing or having problems, you know, then you, those people are, are probably not getting good information because, you know, you need to remember that, you know, people are succeeding all around you and people are succeeding when the economy is bad and people are succeeding when it's good. And, um, you know, and so you, you want to surround yourself with the people that have the best information about opportunities or, or where things are happening or where things are developing. And, um, you know, I remember that um, I used to be in the, um, the, the student loan business and, uh, and that business just completely crashed at, in uh, 2007, 2008, because um, the government said that um, private lenders could no longer do federal student loans. And then, and then there was kind of a huge uh, crash in the market as well. So, uh, so what happened is, you know, all these people that had been in part of this business, these businesses kind of scattered into different businesses, but they they all shared information and they realized that um, most of them that, you know, uh, lending to businesses was going to be a good big one because banks weren't doing more lending. So they realized they could get, you know, private lines of credit and do all these things. And that's what the most successful ones did. And they ended up starting these huge, uh, you know, business finance companies, you know, that were even more successful than the student loan companies. And, um, you know, and then, but the people that, you know, didn't have good information just kind of put their head in the sand and believe that everything was bad and, you know, and that they had to give up and their businesses failed and all sorts of things and they failed. So, you know, people that surround themselves with other people that have access to good information um, will do well and they, they thrive and they find opportunities, um, you know, where other people are finding obstacles. And so, there's always going to be people in every situation that, you know, will, uh, you know, go and get good information. And then there's people that will, will not get good information and will only, you know, will fail because they don't get access to the right information. So, um, you know, it's very important that, you know, you, you learn to get access to the right information. You don't always trust the information you're getting. So, you know, I made the mistake and I'm sitting here lecturing about how to get good information, but, you know, I spent hours researching these yoga heaters. I was fascinated by it and yet um, got burned by a middleman um, peddling what I thought was good information about something and then basically just selling 
$100 heaters from China, but acting like they were the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, I was going to say, and to focus on that story again, because then after realizing what had happened, you attempted to try and go to the source to find out where this thing had actually come from. And again, I think that's a useful analogy when it comes to understanding where the job market is right now. If you're not seeing jobs um, on your particular job board or through your particular recruiter, I don't think the, it, your activity has to stop there. You can go to the source. You can kind of bring up a list of all the firms and the city that you want to work in and reach out to them directly, right? There's nothing wrong with doing that. And honestly, you're going to get way better information when you go directly to the source. Am I right in saying that? Oh, you're absolutely right. And I mean, and that's something that uh, does work and, uh, and, and it works in all economies. No one does it. Everyone's afraid. And I, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, um, you know, but, you know, like you said, I mean, there's thousands of law firms in just Los Angeles. There's, you know, there's over 2,500 law firms that have, you know, several people in them. So, you know, there's, there's just, you know, there's so many law firms and so many opportunities and so many people that need people to work for them. And, you know, and, and the thing that people don't understand about law firms is, you know, if think about it, if you had a job and you were just a busy, you know, attorney doing something and, you know, you might not have the effort to go and post um, jobs and, you know, or, you know, and then review resumes and spend the money and write a job description or, or call it or hire a recruiter to help you. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work to hire, but you may have, you may have enough work where you could easily hire someone to do, to do the work. So, you know, and, and where you can make money if you helped, hired someone. And if or someone came to you and they were interested in the work that you were doing, it would make you feel good about yourself and you'd want to bring them on or you recognize you know, yourself and someone that, you know, was coming in. So there's just all sorts of, you know, things about um, the, the type of people, uh, you know, that you can bring in and hire, um, you know, that, you know, that employers realize and, and that are excited about it. And so, but they need to be contacted. They can't, you know, you're not going to get anything, um, you know, just sitting around. You, you need to really, you know, become active and interested in finding a position. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the difference between a passive and active um, uh, reckoning with information, letting things passively come to you through job boards or through a recruiter or actively trying to find the information itself. I don't know if it's laziness or, again, we just haven't been trained well enough about how to search out good information. But for whatever reason, people do tend to kind of be very passive in this process when they should be much more active and, again, be... A, a, an active participant in, in gathering the information for themselves from as wide a variety of sources as possible to, to figure out where to go next and not to rely on someone else. I think that's what we're really trying to emphasize in this podcast is not allowing yourself to be dependent on others for information that you need to be kind of become the master of your own destiny in that sense. Yeah. And every time I've seen people do this, you know, which I talked about with this kind of this legal authority company or, you know, every time I've seen people like, you know, just, get very aggressive and go after the market on their own and, and not sit around passively looking at job sites or, you know, they, they've always been able to get lots of jobs. And so, you know, I mean, you have to apply to a lot of places. I mean, I've seen people apply to hundreds um, and, it, you know, in some cases over a thousand places in terms of law firms or companies and, you know, but people that do that uh, get jobs. I mean, it works. Yeah, and it can be quite an exhausting process, but it is really a job on in, in and of itself, isn't it? Finding a job should be, be treated like a job um, and just dashing off a few 
um, applications a day isn't necessarily going to cut it, especially if it's a difficult market. You need to work at least as hard on finding a job as you would at the job itself, I think. Yeah. And I mean, the idea would be, you know, if you're a corporate attorney and you're in a certain city, I mean, you should be applying to, you know, pretty much every law firm that does a type of work in in your city that you can see yourself working for. Uh, and, and then you should do the same thing in other cities. And, you know, because you need to you need to be proactive about marketing yourself. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, when a when a brand is marketing itself, whether it's Coca-Cola or, or you know, or, or, you know, a, a car brand, I mean, you don't just see them, you know, in a on a billboard, uh, you know, or or when you're driving by their store, you you see them, you know, uh, you know, and on television, you hear them on the radio, you see them in magazines, and you know they're so that's what brands do is they they market themselves, and you know, an attorney is a product as well. So an attorney needs to get out there, and you know, really market themselves effectively, and. And, you know, in order to, um, you know, find opportunities. You told a story in the article that we're using as a reference for this podcast about an attorney you worked with years ago who had um, a sort of exhausting habit of looking at every bit of information related to a case, not just the case law itself, but even the legislative, the process of crafting the legislation, reaching out to the lawmakers who actually drafted the laws. Um, and at the time when working with him, you thought this was kind of really going overboard. But in the end, this guy won cases. He won cases a lot. And it was simply because of his sort of obsessive um, need to have all the information related to a case. I love that story. And I think, again, it's very apropos of the message we're trying to convey here. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an example of, you know, just not taking, you know, what seems to be obvious for granted. I mean, you have to, you know, look at all of the information and find all the opportunities out there. People's biases play into this as well, right? Um, that people think, oh, I don't want to work um, in this particular city, or I don't want to work for a small firm because they don't pay well, or whatever the biases are. Can you talk a little bit about the danger? Um, one needs to be discriminating, but not not to allow themselves to be kind of uh, myopic and uh, lose the plot as it were. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how you need to kind of check your biases a little bit? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got biases. I mean, um, you know, so they, 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 some people believe that, you know, small law firms don't do important work. They don't pay a lot of money. And, and that's just not true. I mean, there's a lot of small law firms that pay a lot more money than large law firms. Or, um, you know, there's also, uh, you know, a lot of, um, you know, cities that people don't consider that, that have important work or, you know, that are very, uh, you know, fun places to live and that, you know, people may have biases against. I mean, you know, a lot of times people from the, the East Coast will have, you know, biases against Los Angeles, for example. I mean, they'll think that, you know, it represents something. I mean, I don't know from what they've seen in the movies or something. And, and yet, um, you know, Los Angeles is a huge market and there's, um, you know, there's all sorts of cities. And I mean, there's cities where, you know, men are walking around in bow ties at lunch. And then there's ones where they're, you know, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's completely, uh, it's a huge market and a huge legal market and a huge market of different types of people, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, so it's just, you, you can't have biases against cities, even small people have biases against certain small cities. And, you know, in reality, I mean, you know, you do spend most of your time at home and you spend most of your time at the office. And, um, you know, so, I mean, you may have biases against certain types of client, cl uh, climates. Um, you know, I certainly do. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, 
Um, but, you know, the work is going to be similar. And your objective, especially when you're a young attorney, is to really get as much experience as you can. So you should never limit yourself by, you know, the market you're in. And your biases can often be influenced by your immediate networks and your peers and, and, and co-workers. And you assume that their opinions about uh, what jobs are available or about the state of the current market are, are really the truth. Again, relying too much on, on one source of information. And, and people really, really take the information they get from their friends and family and co-workers to heart um, and perhaps too much. Can you talk a little bit about that, about why, again, you fall into a bit of a trap if you're over-relying on your, the information you're garnering from your networks? Well, a lot of times people will have biases against, uh, you know, um, you know the, I mean, it, you know, it's very common like in, in New York City where people believe that, you know, if they're not working in a very, you know, people from prestigious firms believe if they're not working in a prestigious firm, they don't want to be practicing law at all or you know, they want to practice only at big firms and not small firms or big markets and not small markets. And, you know, and, and that's, that, that's one of the most common biases I see. And then there's other people, of course, that would never want to work in a big market. But, you know, I think checking those biases, I mean, because the thing is, once you start something, you know, it's always going to, you know, you're going to look back and if you're happier, you know, you're happier. If you're not happy doing something, then you're not happy. So, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times people do have, um, you know, fairly severe biases against markets. And I think they, they care, they, they're overly dependent upon, you know, what other people might think of them instead of worrying about themselves. I think that that's a common thing. I think that, you know, um, you know, I know for, you know, when I was young, uh, it was certainly hard for me to, you know, to think about practice, not practicing law because I was kind of worried what, you know, others would think of me, which is kind of crazy, but, you know, um, in retrospect, I think, you know, people want to imagine how others will think of their decision. I wonder too, if um, people kind of fall into the trap of thinking that great jobs are going to come to them, especially if they've been working so hard from law school through their first years of their career, putting in, you know, massive amounts of hours. A part of them probably wants to feel like a reward is coming for all this hard work, that they're going to be recognized. And indeed, that can happen, but not as maybe as often as people like to think. You kind of got to, it's always going to be a struggle to find great jobs, I think. And you got to work for it. And nothing is necessarily going to kind of drop out of the sky and fall into your lap. And I wonder if people kind of fall into that trap sometimes. Yeah, I think a lot of times people do. I think, and I think some of it is, you know, being afraid of rejection. You know, they don't want to go after something to be rejected. And they think that, you know, that everything should come to them. And, you know, I see that a lot of times with, um, you know, even partners that I work with. Like they'll, you know, they'll only allow themselves to, you know, be, a, you know, to, to apply to a certain number of firms. You know, and those firms are, are ones that don't reject them. But I think that they're afraid of rejection. And, you know, it's too bad. But, I mean, you, you know, it doesn't really mean anything if someone's not interested in you. It just means they're interested in someone else. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.